Today's Trout Show is sponsored by David Smith of Edward Jones. David helps people achieve their goals and make sense of investing and be treated like the individual you are. David stays focused on what's most important. That's you. So call David now at 469-372-1587 for complete details. That's 469-372-1587. David Smith with Edward Jones. it's the trout hope you're having a great day you know there's just some songs that make you feel good you know when you hear them you just want to you know maybe roll your window down put your head out like a dog and enjoy the ride as you listen to some great music on your car stereo or wherever you are headphones it doesn't matter it just makes you in a good mood well that song by Susie Corey is exactly what it does for me and I hope it does for you Susie's got a great story, and I interviewed her today on the show because she started out over in the Middle East, moved to Canada, Toronto, when she was a kid, and decided after becoming a successful airline manager, hey, you know what? I want to become a country singer. <laughs> That's exactly what she did. But as we talked, a lot of people I visit with, I don't have to make notes. I had to make a lot of notes talking to her because she has such a varied life. She has a story about Axl Rose. She has a story about starting her own festival in Toronto. She has a story about Sirius Radio. It just goes on and on. But it's fun listening to her. And I'm so glad that she took time to talk to me on this episode of The Trout Show. So up next, the gal that actually works in a restaurant too. A fun lady to be around. And you know what else she is? A great songwriter and a great musician. And she is next on The Trout Show. I always wanted to be a musician. I told my parents when, you know, I saw Guns N' Roses when I was 13 or 14. Axl Rose. Yep. Yeah, Axl Rose. I was obsessed. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, that's when I knew that that's what I want to do. And my parents said, there's no way in hell that's what you're going <laughs> to that's what all so, parents say. That's all right? they all say. That. Yeah, yeah. I went to Plan B, which was the airlines. You know, I I love traveling. I always wanted to travel the world, and that's exactly right. what I did, which is fantastic. Raised my kids doing that, and then you know, all of a sudden, a few years ago, I just I there's the story that I met Axel. So I'm not sure yeah, if you saw it. In the bio, I did see that. Were you were you at a concert? Was it no, a concert? 
It was my birthday. And I, I decided that for my birthday, I wanted to meet Axl Rose. That's all I ever wanted. And so I flew to LA. My parent, my friends thought I had like lost my mind. Okay. So let's ask this question. How old were you at the time? I was turning 40. Oh, really? Yeah. So it isn't like you were 18. You were okay. No. Oh, and okay. That's why I'm telling you people thought, okay, she's lost it. Yeah. <laughs> she's 40 and chasing Axl Rose, you know? So it was my 40th and I, I flew out to LA and I found his home on Google and I drove out there and he was walking outside the moment that I got there. Oh my gosh. Really? So talk about serendipity. It was meant to be. We ended up chatting. He was super nice. It was just the best possible way I could meet my biggest idol that I've adored my whole life. But, you know, besides meeting him, which was incredible, it woke up my mind to a lot of things about how when you put something in your mind and believe that you can make it happen, you can do it. Right. And I went, you know what, this whole idea that I wanted to be a singer and, you know, be in the arts why did I never pursue that? I can do that now. And I did because now my kids were older, they were teenagers. And I mm. thought, okay, you know, they're kind of self-sufficient. I can do this. So I was yeah. working at the airline full time. And then I started from zero. I didn't have any contacts in the industry. I have no musical training. I just knew that I could sing. I've never, I had never written a song, but I started writing and, you know, one thing led to another. And I think, and when you have good intentions and you know why you're doing it, and it's not for superstardom, it's because I'm doing it for the love of it. You know, you love I, playing, you love singing. Yeah. yeah, I started meeting the coolest people and hanging out. That's when I ended up, you know, just uh, befriending a lot of people in the industry. And I, it's like life would just throw me in the right circumstances, and I'd end up meeting really cool people that taught me a lot about the industry. So um, then I started writing, then I got introduced to, you know, I worked with a producer here in Toronto, who's part of an mm -hmm. amazing band called The Trues. But then I ended up becoming friends with my current producer, Brent Woods, who's worked with Kiss. He's toured with, you know, Vince Neil for 10 years off and on. He's right now, uh, he's the guitarist for Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I got this rock guy. And the funny story is that I started working with him because I wanted to do rock music and I ended up doing country. <laughs> so like what happened there you started the thing with the festival i think this is what really intrigued me about you susie was and, and i'll go back to hexel rose so when you show up at somebody's house and there, there comes a time and you'll know this now you probably already figured this out to a certain degree when you get to a certain age you're not a threat to people anymore they don't look yeah. at you as a threat so if you're yeah. just walking i ran into the guy that played lead guitar for sticks once Okay, him and I are the same age. We were at the Burbank Airport. He was kind of in goofy outfit. And I said, you going back to Dallas? He goes, yeah, I know I'm going to Cleveland. But we had like an on conversation because you're not 18. You're not going, oh, my God, it's Axl yeah. Rose. Oh, you know, and so they just kind of tend to roll into it and go, okay, you know, here's somebody that likes me. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. So you've been, you've reached out to people. Now, what really got me was the fact that, and we'll talk about this sometime later. But the fact that you got somebody from XM or Sirius to play your music, that's just incredible to me because just getting people, because everybody goes, I want to get on a playlist. What for? I mean, a gazillion people are on playlists and nobody, you know, I, I'm exactly like you. Okay. I do music all the time and I interview people. I do it for fun. I never expect to make any money out of it. And if I do, I got my first royalty check. It's coming in. I won't even tell you what it is. It's so small. It's just funny. So, yeah. but I got one. 
I, and I was like, okay, this is cool. Now I can do something that I can buy two cups of coffee. So, <laughs> so you started this thing later in life, and then you then you say to yourself, okay, let's do some festivals. I mean, how do you go from did did it kind of dawn on you that hey, if I want to play, I need to have a place to play, and so I'll just start my own festival? Is that kind of yeah. what you thought? You know what? I've always been in anything that I've done. The person who, number one, I'm not afraid to take risks. You know, that's obvious. I could tell that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. because that's how you get the stuff done, and you get these amazing opportunities that I'm telling you about. You have to create them for yourself. You know. So going back to the serious XM thing, I. I was very lucky. You know, I'm on LinkedIn, which is a professional website. Oh, I right? use that all the time. I found a lot of people on LinkedIn. A lot of artists are not on there. And I go, how can you not be on there? That's where the radio people are. That's where the, you know, music executives are. That's where all the industry yep. people are. And if you want to do this in any shape or form as a career, which yep. I am doing, it's not a hobby. It is. I, I do it professionally. Um, you, It's a business and you have to treat it as such. And so when I started doing it, yeah, at first I was playing for free, doing all these things. You know, I played the Whiskey of Go-Go. It was a pay-to-play gig. So you have to buy tickets. Yeah. But I did it in a way that it didn't cost me anything really because I took the tickets, gave it to the band that I hired in L.A. So basically, you know what I mean? I didn't have to. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, you work out ways that you can make it happen. It's not costing you a fortune. And I got to say my second show ever was at the Whiskey A Go-Go, you know, that I played. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, but yes, back to my whole point, I'm a business person. I've always been in management and companies. And so I understand how to look for the opportunities to make money. So yeah, I absolutely love music. And I told you that I got into it for the right reasons, 100%. And always everything that I do is with integrity. So the music that I write is me. I'm not writing something because I think, okay, this is going to be a hit. I just need to write a hit. I need to write what's coming from me. Yeah. But in terms of the business part of it, yeah, I went, okay, where's the money in this industry? Because I I want some of it. You know, otherwise, how do I sustain this and keep going if I'm not yeah. making money? Yeah. So I found out that you need to reach out to program directors. And that's exactly what I did. And on LinkedIn, I found the SiriusXM, you know, country here in Canada, program director, reached out to him directly. Whereas most people hire a radio tracker or yep. radio you know, people to be able to get that. Yeah. I just reached out to him directly on LinkedIn, sent him the music. And he's like, this is great. And since then, I've had like five singles played. And I'm talking about six months, you know, they'll play it for six. So that's massive. The royalty checks on that is huge, you know? So See, and that's, and that's, it's funny because I use LinkedIn too, but I never thought about what you just got through saying because, <laughs> well, I never did. And, and, and I'm like you, I write music and, and I had a friend of mine, uh, the last album I brought out, which is a year ago, a friend of mine goes, I like it, but it sounds like, how did he phrase it? Older rock or something. I said, dude, what do you expect? I'm not right. I'm not 18. I'm not going to write music like that. But I yeah. do believe there's a lot of people. It, it is a proven fact that more people listen to the older stuff than they do the new stuff on Spotify and everything else. Yeah. So if I can get into a groove that people like, then it's okay. But a lot of people I've gotten on this show have been through LinkedIn because I find them on there. The, the yeah. gentleman that, that runs the nonprofit for Gibson Guitars, LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you, I probably found a dozen people on there and I'm still reaching out to people and, and 
I never thought about that because it's like, well, the other thing about it too, when you, when you find somebody, a program director for uh, Sirius XM is the fact is you're not a threat to them. In other words, they can either, eh, yeah, I'll send it to me. And if they like it, then they go, okay, I like it. But if I don't like it, eh, yeah. who cares? It's not like you're sending a, you're not saying, oh, let's send it to Warner and, or uh, Warner Brothers and somebody down in the A&R department that's uh, probably picking up trash might listen to it. <laughs> You know, so I, what I think you're, I don't think I know. This is the one thing. You've been a successful business person. And when young people come to me and they talk about music, I always tell them the same thing. It's the business of music. It's not music business. And right. so you always have to think about that. And I know because you've been around them, I know, because you've been around a lot of musicians, especially younger ones, like, oh, I'm driven. I want to write my song. I want to tell the world about it. I want to make a lot. It's not going to work that way. It works because you, you... <laughs> You love what you do and you have something to say that people want to hear in a story. Yeah. So yep. when did you start your first festival there? And in, in they've all been in Toronto, I take it. Because you don't you have one this weekend or are you performing at one this weekend? I'm performing at one okay. this weekend. A friend of mine does this festival called Gusapalooza. But the one that I started, the Love Revolution Country Music Festival, and it's funny right. because you're talking about being a hippie. Uh, you can't see it here, but I'm wearing a necklace that's... It's a peace sign, isn't it? Peace sign, yeah. <laughs> and in my music video for Pretty Little Things, I literally, I rented a VW. It's on the beach in California. I don't know if you was you it saw a bus? It. Was it the bus or the old? Was yes. it a Beatle? It's yeah. a bus, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I painted it myself with like peace, love. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, the festival is kind of it's like a country, you know, Woodstock hippie kind of thing, and it's out in the fields. It's just an hour and a half away from Toronto, so it's you know I'm on this beautiful property. A friend of mine who has this property, and he allows me to use it. So. I started in 2020 because everything shut down. All the festivals got canceled. There was right. nothing happening like you were saying, you know, so I went, no, there has to be a way. So that's again, that, you know, I won't take no for an answer. If someone says you can't do this, I'm going to be like, no, nope, I'll show you how we can do this <laughs> and think of a way. So I read about the concept of drive-in festivals or driving concerts. Yeah. 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 And I went, wait a second, I have a whole bunch of friends in the country music industry here. I'm sure they would love to have a chance to play. So let's all get together and make this happen. So one thing led to another. And literally in 2020, in three weeks, I put together this festival and people were like, that's unheard of. You know, how do you put together a festival in three weeks and have it be successful? You know, we had quite a few people there um, and it's just grown every year. Like this year, we got Budweiser on board as a sponsor, which mm. was huge. And then, you know, we have a big country music festival here called Boots and Hearts, which is one of the biggest country music festivals in North America. And one of the artists that I had playing at my festival two weeks before that festival, he won the big emerging uh, artist contest. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, because that's, yeah. my festival is all about independent artists. So I right. don't have anybody who's signed to a label. It's, yeah. it's all independent artists. And then to see them have that, you know, two weeks later, he's playing Boots and Hearts Emerging Artists and won the whole contest. So now he's signed to Warner Music. You know, that's that's incredible. Well, and you know, and here's the other thing about country music. You don't have to be 20 years old to be in country music. No, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's, that's, you know, it's not like, you're right. It's not like pop. If you get to a certain age, then you know, you're too old. And, and I mean, I was talking about Rush earlier, but look how old they are. They're the same age as me. Yeah. So, you know, and you go back and go, 
nobody would have hired them before. If they came out now, they go, oh, you're too old. Get off the stage. Well, look what I can do. Who cares? Everybody could do that, you know. Exactly. So, so what do you see now? I mean, you're you're doing um, the festivals. Have you if you got? Do you just do one major festival a year now, and then are you planning on doing more, or what's what's that in the future? Because I yeah, I can I mean, tell you, the little wheels are rolling all the time in your head. So. Oh yeah, ideally the whole. I mean, the whole thing about Love Revolution. It was a song that I wrote, and the song okay. was. About bringing everybody back to love and understanding that love is the answer to everything. And I know that sounds so much like a hippie, <laughs> but it's so true. You know, when you have love for people, for, for this world, there's no way that you can do anything that hurts people or damages things or, and number one, first and foremost, love yourself. Yeah. You know, so many people don't even have love for themselves. And no. that's what's kind of the root of all these issues that we have. Right. And, I, I would hope that somehow my festival can spread that message because anybody who's been to it, the festival sees there's a vibe there. Mm. Really. It's just, I can't explain it. There's mm. so much love The artists. I have this philosophy when I create the festival where there's no headliner. So nobody's the big act on it. Right. Everybody gets half an hour on stage. We're all exactly the same. It doesn't matter if you're playing first or you're the last on. We actually, the first year we picked out names out of a box, you know, to oh, see who's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just totally fair in every sense of the word so that everybody comes there and understands nobody is more important than anybody. And I don't care how far along in your career you are or how not far along you are. Right. And so it's changing the way people do things in the industry. That for me is the biggest part of it. You know, it's just, we don't have to go with the whole, how everything's been created before, you know, the idea that we're all competing against each other. The only person you have to worry about is yourself. Be your best self as a musician. And that's all you need to worry about. You know, nobody's in competition. Mm -hmm. And so at the festival, all the musicians are hanging out. We have this green room it's massive you know and we sit and we we jam and in between sets before people get on stage it's so much fun and i want to show people that that's how it should be and we can create that you don't have to wait for somebody else to do that for you well, i like the concept because the other thing about you can put this on and people get to go hear good music because you obviously the one decides who gets to go perform yeah without paying a ridiculous amount of money for a ticket because that's where the problem is now. I had a friend of mine said, oh, the Eagles are on a tour again. I'm going to have to take money out of my IRA to pay for my tickets. <laughs> I mean, four or five, six hundred dollars for a ticket. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pay that. I mean, it's just it's not just so I can say I saw them. I mean, what's that to me? OK, you got you know, you're trying to grasp something, your memories. But I think the point you're making, which is really cl clever, is the fact that people get 30 minutes. You sit there in your lawn chair, enjoy yourself with your friends, and now you have a band. Oh, I like this band. And I like next band, you're like, eh, it's okay. But then they get exposure. Yeah. Which, which is really what you're looking for. And yeah. then they can build their fan base. I think yeah. it's a very I think it's a very unique. That's not why I wanted to interview, but I really like the idea because the fact is everybody has a chance. And I was I my band a couple of years ago, we have a blues festival here every year. And yeah. and I said, I contacted him, I said, I want my band to play. And he goes, well, you got to play for free. And if we like you, play on this stage for two years, then we'll pull you out on this stage. And I thought, well, okay, I'll do that. But yours is like, just come and play. Send me your stuff, 
And if I like what you do and you actually sound like that in person, yeah. then we'll do it. And I think it's a great idea. And oh, I have to say, first and foremost, there's no way in hell I'd ever have anybody play for free. And if my a musician says to me, oh, I'll play for free. I'm told, no, you aren't. <laughs> you I know? like that. That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. I first year I paid out of my own pocket. You know, I funded the festival myself because yeah. it was very important for me to do it. I recouped some of the money, of course, from ticket sales and yeah. stuff like that. And as you know, now the business side of me is coming in. Okay, how do I generate more um, from sponsorships? I created a sponsorship package, sent it out to companies. So every year it's growing and it's it's paying for itself. And now I'm looking at how I can generate income from it as well. So was that in, was that in July or June when you do it? July? That was July, yeah, that I did and, it. And what was the attendance? Is it just one day? Yeah, it's just one day. So, I mean, it's not a massive festival. No, but how it, many people show up? There's anywhere from 250 to 300 people. Okay. But, but if, for a festival that's third year in, and it's all independent. Oh, it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep yeah, growing. of course. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I'm happy with where it's going. And the people who come this year, they come again the next, they're like, when's the next one? Yeah. So that goes to show you that people love what you're doing, you know, and, and the concept of it. Because like you said, it's people bring their lawn chairs. You come park your car and you sit next to your car. So it's so cool. You know, it's, it's oh, very wow. relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Food trucks, but people can bring their own stuff too. Um you know, it's, it's just so relaxed. You're just going to keep building on this. And where, so what are you doing with your music now? What do you, where's your next step with your stuff? Well, I have a song that will be coming out next year, early next year. It's called 1975. So I'm sure you'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an ode to, you know, the music of the seventies, which in my opinion was the best, some of the best music that came out. And I just thought it would be cool to write a song about that, you know? So it kind of references Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner and those kind of bands. Yeah. I look forward to hearing it. And, and I think that I just, people like yourself, I love people like you because you have a lot of energy and as, as in the, in the business that you're in, not the restaurant business, but the music business you're getting into, you kind of treat it differently. You know, in other words, if crap happens to you, you just go, eh, you know, it happens, it happens, you know, but you figured out a way to weave in. But you know something else that's important to know? That guy from Sirius XM didn't put your music on because it sucked. It was good. Right. So you should be very proud of that. I mean, I'm sure you are, but you obviously have some talent there, young lady, because you wouldn't be there. They don't put stuff on even if they go, well, I think it no, you know, I, they still have to have. You have to have some talent. And, okay. the other, yeah. and the other thing is I always tell people this all the time and you just exude it completely. If you're not having fun doing what you're doing, why are you doing it? Yeah. And everybody I've interviewed that are upbeat or doing moving up. And I talked about Chapel Hart or the guys in, in Amsterdam. They were all positive thinkers. Yeah. This is so much fun. I love what I'm doing. Why am I going to stop? You know, just like you yeah. and you have a great I, you work yourself to death. I understand. That. But still, you got this restaurant that's probably pretty well known. Get to talk to people there. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a producer for. Oh, really? What a surprise. <laughs> you're on your way to doing this festival thing. But you're also more importantly, you get your music out. And what channel is it typically your music on? 
is a is a country channel that they play it on or what what what's the genre they call it when they play um, your music yeah yeah because it's country and you know there was a couple of songs like outlaw that Sirius said no to because it's more rock than country right so which that's why it really is a borderline country rock i mean i have a song pretty little things which is so i've heard that one i've heard that one. yeah that's fun you know got a feeling same thing it's a pop because i think they didn't have the one that said caution if you're a country person this has got yeah well, you know, and the uh, fun th- funny thing is um, I needed a band for that video, the music video. And so my producer got me some of the guys from Puddle of Mud. I don't oh, know I know who they are. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, and I've become friends with them. It's really cool. Dave Moreno, the drummer from Puddle of Mud, actually plays on my tracks. He's the That's drummer cool. on my tracks. Yeah, cool. which is really cool. So well, I have, yeah. you've been blessed. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is you have, and I'm sure a lot of it came from being in the um, corporate world. Yes. You know, I've, I was in the sales management side. And so talking to people, I've been talking to people my whole life. So talking to people, interviewing is part of this, like my gig. So, you know, and I had one guy tell me this, and this is why I love what I'm doing. He said, watching your interviews or listening to him is like talking. It's like sitting in a cafe, seeing two people talk. Yeah. That's really what it's about for me. And, and, and people, and I get to meet people like you and, well, you know, Rick, I want to say thank you so much for reaching out because oh, my I pleasure. Incredible how you search out people and look what happened. I mean, I, I absolutely love you. We just met. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're so cool. You know and I just, I think it's so weird. Have a great okay. day. Thanks for your time. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Trout Show. For more podcasts, visit our website at thetroutshow.com. Until next time, see ya.